Welcome to City Church. We are a biblically-based, relationally-driven, spirit-led church, encouraging everyone to follow Jesus, grow together, and serve others. We're excited to share this sermon with you today, and you can always find out more about us online at citychurchseville.com. So this is Vision Sunday. And what we do every year is we kind of take a Sunday where we focus on the year prior, where we've been and where we're going. And so um, Vision Sunday, there's a proverb that's very important, Proverbs 29, 18, where there is no vision, the people perish. Another way of putting that is people wither up and die if there's no vision. And so what we do on Vision Sunday is we take an opportunity to look back and then look forward. With that in mind, if you've been a part of City in 2022, you know that we took an entire year to look at the kingdom of God. We took an entire year just to look through scripture and to discover what is the kingdom of God and how do you live in it. And part of that each Sunday is that we have prayed the Lord's Prayer together, and that's been intentional. Because at the epicenter of the Lord's Prayer, or if you're Catholic, it's the Our Father, but at the center of it is the prayer that God's kingdom would come and that his will would be done where? On earth as it is where? There's no prayer in all of the Bible for you to get to heaven. But there's the Lord's prayer that is that heaven would come here because we need it. So to keep a good habit going, let's stand together and we're gonna pray the Lord's prayer together. Matthew chapter six, verses nine through 13. Here's the Lord's prayer. We're gonna pray it out loud. This then is how you should pray. Our Father, who is in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth in Charlottesville in my life as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. You may be seated. City Church is a biblically-based, relationally-driven, spirit-led church. What that means is we take the Bible seriously. Biblically-based means that we study Scripture, we discover what it says, and then we commit to living it out. Relationally-driven. Jesus came from heaven to earth to teach many truths, but the primary, or one of the primary truths is this. That relationship is the essence of life. Jesus put it this way, love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. What Jesus was teaching is love God and love people. And if you do that, you fulfill all of the law. All 613 laws of the Older Testament can be brought together in loving God and loving people. We are a relationally driven church. And then a cursory reading of the Newer Testament would teach you very quickly that the power of the Holy Spirit is how you do all of this. That you study scripture biblically based, you're relationally driven, and we need the Holy Spirit in the relationships of our lives. How many of you have that person that you can think of right now and you know you need the Spirit of God in your relationship with them? Go ahead, admit it. By the way, they're thinking of you right now as well, so there you go. So biblically based, relationally uh, driven, and spirit-led. And every Sunday we talk about feet to your faith. Because faith isn't something you just know about, it's something that you live. 
And if you live biblically-based, relationally-driven, and spirit-led, you will end up with three things. Follow Jesus, grow together, and serve others. That's the pillars of our church. That, you follow Jesus, you grow together, and you serve others. Now, as far, far as the devotional goes, we've been in the Gospel of Mark for the past several weeks as we've looked at the kingdom of God, and I want to do that again. And for the devotional piece, we're going to take a look at the text that's found in Mark chapter 1, verses 14 through 20. Jesus announces the gospel of the kingdom. After John the Baptist was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news. By the way, that's the Greek word euangelion, which is the word gospel. So it could read, Jesus went into the Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the gospel of the kingdom. And then Jesus calls his first disciples. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. And at once they left their nets and followed him. And when he had gone a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat and preparing their nets. And without delay, he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat and with the hired men and followed him. As far as the devotion is concerned, we just read the initial contact between Jesus and four men. Four men. Their names are Simon, Andrew, James, and John. And all four said yes to Jesus. And here's what I can tell you. If you read the Gospels with faith and with an open heart, you know somehow, some way, your life is connected to theirs. That somehow their yes to follow Jesus into his kingdom affects you too. By the way, that's how it always is. When someone says yes to Jesus and follows him into his kingdom, it always affects the people around them as well. The other thing is, is that when you look at those four people saying yes to Jesus, it is a template or a pattern or a model for me and for you. What does it look like when we say yes to Jesus? This is important to know. Saying yes to Jesus is far more than believing something. It is all about following Jesus in his kingdom. My wife, Fran, came to Jesus when she was about 17 years old. She met Christ. Her cousin came home from Penn State University and said to Fran, do you want to go to heaven? And she said what everyone says. Yes. I mean, how many have choose to do the alternative, right? Yes. And she said, well, pray this prayer and you go to heaven. So she prayed the prayer. Little did she know the radical transformation that prayer would bring into her life. But this is important to understand. Jesus never said anyone, do you want to go to heaven? Ever. Jesus' call is always this. Come, follow me into my kingdom. Come, follow me. 
It's put this way, come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. You see, one of the pillars of city is to serve others, to serve others. Pastor Keith just let me know that 374 people have gone through growth track in the last four years. Almost 400 people have gone through Growth Track. And what Growth Track is all about, it's not just about sharing about City Church, but it's about how has God made you and gifted you so that you can serve him and others through your giftings in the church and outside of the church. Pastor Keith has also been the champion of CityServe, where twice a year our church closes its doors on a Sunday morning. We go out into our communities and we serve others. So I want you to watch this video where Pastor Keith talks about CityServe and serving others. Let's watch the video. So as we look into 2023, we're encouraged by so much the Lord has done among us. You know, CityServe Sunday is, is one of those events that we really enjoyed this last year. So many people decided to get involved and be a part of radically loving, practically serving our community. But we're here at the basketball court at West Haven because it serves as a reminder that we know God's called us to so much more than that. You know, two Sundays a year, everybody's showing up and turning out, that's all good, but the work's not done. There are still lines left to be painted on these courts and there's still relationships and, and opportunities and um, service activities that, that continue in these communities. Our goal is in 2023, we wanna grow as, as better partners with those in our community who really need help. And more than a church that turns out twice a year on a special day, we wanna be a church that is present all year long to have relationships that are growing. So we're challenging our life group leaders and our life groups to commit to a life of service, not just a day here or there. And we're inviting you to do that with us, to be prayerfully asking the Lord, where can we serve? Who can we serve alongside? What can it look like? We wanna be a people of kingdom mission who really daily, practically love and serve our community. And so we hope you'll be praying with us about that and get excited about a year of kingdom service as we do that in the year 2023. Let's give Pastor Keith a hand for all that he does at City. Appreciate him so much and his wife Martha and their kids. Now what I'm going to say next, I did not initially plan on saying in this Vision Sunday, but I felt very prompted by the Spirit to share this, so I'm going to be obedient to that. There are a lot of people in our culture who ask this question, what's my purpose? What's my purpose? I've had a good number of people ask me that. Pete, what's my purpose? A lot of my friends, many of whom are in faith and many are outside of faith that I get together with, I'm 58 years old, they're at the place in life where they're beginning to ask the question about what's next. What am I going to do next? What's my purpose? Here's what I wanna say very emphatically, and it's this. What's my purpose is actually, I understand the question, but it leads you to the wrong place every time. You see, when your purpose is you, you will never find it. But when your purpose is someone else, you'll find purpose. I have no clue why life is the way it is, but thousands for thousands of years, people have discovered this truth that when you focus on others and you sacrifice and give to others, you find your purpose. That's how it's found. Let me put it this way. 
when you are giving yourself for someone else instead of getting for you, this is where purpose is found. I want to be completely clear. That is the center of the gospel of the kingdom of Jesus. We step into the kingdom, and when we do, we prayed the prayer that my wife prayed and hers was prayed out of a desire to go to heaven, and that's part of it. But after praying that prayer, she discovered the truth of Jesus and his kingdom. And that is, when you're in the kingdom, your life is no longer yours. It belongs to Jesus. And your life from that moment on is a life that's lived for others and to see his kingdom come and his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That is the gospel. What has amazed me over the past 25 years at City is how I have watched people come through these doors who are not people of faith. And by God's miraculous grace, they come to the point where, like my wife and like me and like hundreds of others who are part of City Church, they meet Jesus. And one of the joys of my life is to watch people who are completely self-centered, people who are all about themselves, come to Jesus and meet him. And suddenly they're living a life of self-sacrifice and sacrifice for others and for God's kingdom. What a dramatic transformation that is. I will never forget when a friend of mine visited our church. He's a man that's outside of faith. Good friend of mine. And he came and visited City. And it's when we were meeting in the school before the pandemic and we came back here. And he was there and he got there early because he didn't read the text that I had sent him about what time service started. So he came early. And so he was kind of following me around and I had things to do so I pawned him off on someone else. I said, hey, why don't you follow this person, go look at our children's ministry environment. So he did. So he went back into the children ministry environments and he came out. And by the way, he's an exceptionally successful guy and he has hundreds of people that work for him. And he came out of that environment right when service was starting. He looked at me and he said, how much do you pay all these people? He was dead serious. I said, we don't pay him a thing. And he said, that's not possible. He said, I run a company and a lot of people work for me. And he said, these people do that for free. I said, yep, I'm too cheap to pay all these people for what they're doing. And I will never forget the look on his face, and I know he's never forgotten it either because he had a window into the kingdom. When you live in that kingdom out there that says, get yours for you, and then you step into a kingdom where people don't live by that ethic and that code, but they come to serve and to give their lives, and they do it sacrificially, it's mind-blowing. And I watched as the kingdom began to turn on in him. He hasn't fully committed to following Jesus yet, but he's had a window into the kingdom of God. Now, one of the things that we had talked about last year for 2022 and this year is that we were going to begin to focus more and more on the next generation. Statistics tell us that the generation that's currently youngest and attending church, there's less of this generation attending church than ever before. 
And because of that, we promised as the church leadership in 2022, we would have an overt focus on the next generation. And we've done that. And so what I would like for you to do is to watch this video that will tell you a little bit about our children's ministry and the next-gen ministries here at City. Please give your attention to the screen. Hi, everyone. I'm Darcy, and I am so excited to share how we as a church body invest in the next generation here at City Church. So let's start with Kids Space. At Kids Space, we provide care for children, infants through fifth graders. We provide fun, safe, and healthy environments for kids to learn about the love of Jesus. I was just talking to someone, it was actually the other night, and they are anxiously awaiting the arrival of a foster care child. And I was asked, what would you tell us about Kids Space? Because they're kind of new to the whole thing, like what to expect. And the first thing that came to mind was, you will be blown away by the love and support that the teachers will show to this child. We do not ask that people who participate by bringing their children to kids space are required to serve. That's just not how we do things. We want you to serve in kids if you love Jesus, love children, and are committed to serving and investing in the next generation in that way. So let me tell you a little bit, while you are all upstairs worshiping on a Sunday morning, imagine below the floor in the foundation of the church are children infants through kindergartners, and they are learning about how much Jesus loves them. There is kingdom work going on down here while you are all upstairs. Now let's go see what's happening across the street. Well, hey there, we're across the street. This is Kids Space for the first through fifth graders, and we're at Harvest Church. And right over here are the third through fifth graders, and behind me on the other side are the first and second graders. Well, it's great to have this huge gym to do lots of fun stuff all together. We typically have about 25 to 30 students each week, so it's great to have this big space so that they can get their wiggles out, they can run, they can jump, they can do activities. We do worship songs and move all around, but the biggest thing is that they get to make friends and learn that Jesus is their best friend. So just wanted to give you a quick update what we're doing over here at Kids Space at Harvest. So we're looking ahead to 2023, right around the corner. Currently, we offer one service for Kids Space families and kids, and that's at 9.30. What we're looking to do prayerfully is be able to have Kids Space in two out of the three services. We're actually gonna switch up our schedule times a little bit and hopefully be able to offer kids space during two of those services. Now, what does that mean? Obviously, it's going to need more people who are passionate about following Jesus, serving together and investing in the kids for the next generation. It's also going to mean, well, we're excited for more kids. We're ready for you. I've had so many parents come up to me and be so sweet and almost like confess. I am so sorry. We are totally out of the habit of coming to church. We are not bringing our kids. We are watching church online, but our kids are not getting anything out of it. And we need to come back. And you know what? Yes, we would love to have you come back. I know it's a little bit harder. Get everybody packed up in the car, come to church, but we would love to have you because you're able to have developmentally appropriate areas, ways for kids to learn how to put feet to their own faith. And so I would love for you to consider coming back, bringing your kids back so we can partner together as we invest in the next generation. Well, we want to make sure that we include the youth. Youth. <laughs> youth 
students. They are sixth graders through 12th graders that come each Sunday night right here. We have been part of the team that has been leading this youth group and it has been so fun. We have been without a pastor for youth for about a year and a half. And honestly, the Lord has blessed beyond what we could ever imagine in terms of this group growing not only numerically, but in their faith and in their relationships with each other. Now, in addition to the staff, we've also had four interns this year, and we look to continue to have interns support the youth group as well. Yeah, the interns have been so exciting. That has been like an adrenaline rush into the youth group, and the kids have loved having them. So pray with us that these group of students would continue to really figure out what it means to follow Jesus. This is a hard time for them to follow Jesus. They have a lot of stuff going on. I recently was in a small group with the middle school girls one week, and then the following week I was with the high school girls. The things these kids are talking about are amazing. They challenged my faith and truly what it means to be a follower and be a part of God's kingdom and making faith their own I was so encouraged and challenged by them. Now, if you have a youth student like I do as well, you might know that they might not share everything with you. Oh no, yes, it's true. <laughs> but the one thing we wanna let you know, and I always encourage parents, is make sure your child has other adults in their life that love Jesus and wanna encourage your child in their faith journey. Yeah, in their faith journey, that's right, that's right. So let's see, how can we wrap all this up? As we're talking about ways that as a church body we support the next generation, well, we can all pray. Maybe serving isn't your gifting, that's okay, but you can pray. So let's join together as we go into 2023 that we pray for our youth, we pray for our kids, and we certainly pray for those who are serving alongside them as well. Let's give Chris and Darcy a hand. Let's give Chris and Darcy a hand for all that they do. By the way, as Darcy referenced prayer, we are asking that you would pray with us for a youth pastor and a children's pastor. Um, we've been without a, a youth pastor, as Darcy mentioned, for 18 months, and I think Chris and Darcy are doing such a great job. Why should we look anymore? We'll just kind of let them know. We're praying for that and looking. Also, to be clear, Chris and Darcy won't be going anywhere. We are looking for a children's pastor that would partner with the kids from first to fifth grade, go to their games, go to their school, go do all of the stuff that a youth pastor does for youth. We're looking for a children's pastor to do that as well. Now, as we think about 2023, there's a couple of thoughts that I wanted to share before we close out our time. As I've been thinking about 2022 and moving into 2023, I think about how Jonathan Davis and his tech teams supported an outdoor service for the past two years. I don't know who came up with these thermostatic control points, but if that outdoor service was above 32 degrees, we would meet outside and uh, have church. And we did that for two entire years. By the way, that meant that I was preaching four times every single Sunday. By the way, preaching's very life-giving for me. That was not a burden at all. But at 32 degrees, when you're out there trying to huddle around a fire, it just seemed a little bit different than what I had had in mind when we said, let's do an outdoor service. That service closed down as of last Sunday. 
The medical community that attends City Church told us it would never be safer than it is now to return to corporate worship, and so we made the choice to close that uh, service down just because of the margins and the energies that our lead team and Jonathan Davis, our tech, tech leader, has kind of in our bags. We decided that we would close that down and invite people back indoors for corporate worship. But as I think about City Church, a couple of things that come to mind as we're moving forward into 2023. I know that there are people right now that are watching this service online. We have a lot of people that do that, and I'm grateful for it. But online worship cannot compare to what it's like to be here in person. It just isn't the same. And in no way is this a rebuke, it's more of a challenge. But I want to challenge everyone who worships with us online that if you're living in another community and you picked us up online during the pandemic, I want to encourage you now to find a local church and begin to worship with them. It's so important that you become part of a local expression of the kingdom of God in the community in which you live. If City Church is your home church and you have not yet come back to corporate worship, we encourage you so strongly to do that. When we stepped into 2022, or prior to that, we said there were several things that we were going to focus on. Next generation, we're also focusing on our cohorts and discipleship and giving people opportunity to grow in their faith. Here's what I wrote to myself about 2022. The heroes for me in 2022 are many, but there's one group that's among them. It's about those mothers and fathers who do the Olympic feat of on a Sunday morning, you get up, you feed the kiddos, you get them dressed, and you bring them to church. It is not lost on me the Olympic feat that that is each and every Sunday. I am now an empty nester, and thank God those days are over. <laughs> but I clearly remember what it's like. It was literally one of the toughest seasons of our lives, and here I am, the pastor of the church. I was paid to have my kids here. The next thing that I thought about a lot when I was thinking over the last year and even moving into the next one, I am so blessed by the hundreds of people that took advantage of the cohorts that we have here at City. I watched my wife Fran leave grief share with her team and dozens and dozens of people learned how to process through the horrific loss of a loved one with God's grace and healing in the midst of that. I've watched as dozens and dozens of people have taken seriously their emotional health and their spiritual health if they've gone through EHR and EHS with Pastor Gabe and his team. I have watched as more and more people here at City have committed to being a group of people that meet for prayer as they partner with Pastor Keith and Chris Webb as they've been here every single Wednesday night to have a time of prayer. I've watched as literally hundreds of people have committed to life groups where they're doing life together and studying the scripture at a much deeper level. I've watched as more and more people have gotten involved with our Bema groups here at City Church with an understanding of the depth of scripture if they've met with Drew and Justin and Zach and Jennifer who are leading those groups and others are as well. I've watched as college students have been faithful to attend church. 
I've also watched as college students have plugged into ministries on grounds at UVA. I can't tell you how important that truly is. I've also watched as people have served with English Garland and her greeting team. I've watched as more and more people have been serving with children's and the youth group. I've also watched as people have chosen to forgive where they have decided in the presence of God to let go of lifelong bitternesses. I've watched as other people have begun to invite people to church and much to their surprise, they've watched their friends begin to follow Jesus as well. What I'm talking about is I have watched the kingdom of God come to earth in Charlottesville as it is in heaven. I've watched it with my own eyes. Now, as we move towards next year, we're going to be doing a lot more of the same. But we are going to be emphasizing more than we have before the issue of prayer in our lives. But before we get to the idea of prayer, I wanted to let you know what the sermon topic will be for all next year. Just in case you were tired of the kingdom of God, we have another whole year of it. Only this year it's called the Upside Down Kingdom. We are going to spend an entire year looking at the Sermon on the Mount. I have shared that with people, and they've gone, oh, I totally understand. Have you ever read the Sermon on the Mount? But what we're going to do is we're going to focus for an entire year on the whole idea of the Sermon on the Mount, because in it, Jesus defines his kingdom and what it means to live in his kingdom. And I think there's no higher calling for any human being than to take seriously Jesus, his kingdom, and what it looks like to live in the kingdom of God. One other thing that you're going to hear more about is a discipleship course that we've entitled Kingdom and Culture. What we're going to be doing is looking at scripture, looking at Jesus, and looking at our culture. And we're going to be discipling people into how to live into the kingdom in the culture that we find ourselves in. What I'm going to ask that you would do now is that you would please stand with me. And as we stand together in God's presence, I'm going to ask that you would close your eyes just for a moment. Maybe you're not a person of faith. You're not a, yet a follower of Jesus. I would encourage you to close your eyes and open your heart the same as people that are in this sanctuary and worshiping with us online are doing in this moment that have made the life-altering decision to follow Jesus. But as we stand together into God's presence, if you're comfortable doing this, I'm gonna ask that you would just simply lift your hands up in front of you. If you're not comfortable, that's totally fine. But as you lift your hands up in front of you, I'd like for you to take a moment in God's presence. What would the Spirit of God say to you? We are a Spirit-led church. What would the Spirit of God say to you about your life? Fair warning. I stood just like this when I was 16 years old at a youth group. And I stood in God's presence. And at the end of that time, I knew that my future would never be the same. 
that God had called me to be a pastor. There are some of you here in this sanctuary and worshiping with us online that the Spirit of God has been calling you to pastoral ministry. All I can tell you is, if you surrender into that call, God will use you and work in you and through you at levels you could have never dreamt to be true. And for others of us, in this moment, it's not about a career choice, but it's about you using your gifts that God has gifted you with to serve others. For some of you, it's that you are to no longer live for yourself, but you are to find your purpose by loving and serving others sacrificially, to follow Jesus in this and to see his kingdom come and his will be done in your life and through your life as it is in heaven.